The Navarasas are in a sense in understanding the complexity of human communication. They are the emotions that keep us alive. While many of us are comfortable to let them flow freely, there are so many of us who find it difficult to express our emotions, leading to strained relationships, pent-up anger and loads of anxiety. Inspired by the Natyashastras that talk in detail about the Navarasas, scholars including Bharata who belong to the 2nd century BC indulge in great literary details about these emotions. These stories that portray each of the rasas have been chosen from the Mahabharata and have been integrated in a continuous, cumulative and inclusive narrative for us to be able to relieve these emotions and connect with them. Bhayanaka is the feeling of panic and dread brought on by the anticipation of danger. It denotes a weak heart and a lack in the strength of character often caused by ignorance. Fear and worry are but a game of the feeble and can be overcome only through love and truth. For fear will only go when the ego disappears, because it is the ego that identifies with the past. It is the ego alone that reconnects with experiences of extreme emotions that has caused deep hurt and shame. For it is this ego alone that binds us from doing the right thing for the benefit of others and one's own self. Dushasana's death by Bhima in the battle of Kurukshetra is a grim reminder of what suppressed anger and an inflated ego can do to someone. Bhayanakarasa from the Mahabharata is about this very episode. As Bhima chops off Dushasana's head in the Kurukshetra war with his sword and tosses it away, every single warrior who survived the war until this point starts to flee, seized by terror. The fearsome Bhima's guise on that moment was that of an uncontrollable and ferocious demon who walks roaring like a mad tiger, raising his hands with Dushasana's blood to adorn Draupadi's hair and avenge her humiliation with it. Dushasana died a terrible death and no words could adequately capture the horror of it. After chopping off the Shasana's head, Bhima pulls out his arms from the body with his bare hands, mutilates his chest and opens it up to drink his blood. And all through the savage act, he keeps abusing and shouting at him, reminding his own self more than anyone else about all the humiliation that Draupadi had suffered in the Shasana's hands justifying as to why he had to be killed like a beast. Even Bhima's own brothers were scared to disrupt the bloodbath that was going on out there. And there was not a single soul that dared Bhima to stop desiccating dead Dushasana's body. When Arjuna started to go near Bhima to put a stop to this madness and calm him down, he had to be restrained by Lord Krishna as well. Bhima would not stop until Draupadi was brought to the battlefield and only when he poured the blood flowing from Dushasana's severed arms on her hair was he finally calm. As the warm blood flowed down Draupadi's face, even she had a taste of it. The onlookers were shocked and stunned. 
no death in any war could be as terrible and as disgusting as this one no quest for revenge could ever stoop down to the kind of bestiality that bima had demonstrated the blinding hatred turned him into a demon a bhayanaka a pledge that bhima had made in the halls where his beloved draupadi had been humiliated by dushyasana and duryodhana had finally been redeemed that day 13 years ago this terrible vow uttered by draupadi remained with him throughout the period of his and his brother's exile he did not forget draupadi's face even for a minute He did not forget how helpless he was when she was being dragged by her hair and threatened to be disrobed. He did not forget that time when as her husbands all he and his brothers could do was simply hang their heads in shame. And through the years of mental and physical suffering that the Pandavas have gone through, Bhima constantly reminded himself of the fulfillment that killing dushasana would someday give him he was neither devoid of basic moral sense nor did he unlearn the shastras to do something so disgusting and demeaning but not only had duryodhana absorbed their kingdom through deceit he had humiliated their wife the queen of indraprastha beyond question bhima never wanted a war for he was not a warmonger when duryodhana offered the pandavas one village bhima only wanted one more village because according to him one village for the five of them would be insufficient in view of his rather embarrassingly excessive need for food that was how innocent bhima was even when yudhishthira lost every possession and every one of the brothers to duryodhana in the game of dice he did not say anything or express anything but when he placed draupadi as a pawn in the game bhima started to feel restless inside for him yudhishthira finally losing draupadi in the game of dice and duryodhana sending dushasana to bring her from her inner quarters dragging her out and tugging at her hair into the courts to join her husbands as his slaves was the last straw It was after all Duryodhana's sadistic pleasure to see his powerful cousins fall and the day has happened. Draupadi, who was menstruating at that time, exasperately looked at her husbands. She looked at Bhishma, Drona, Kripacharya and begged them to help. She cried to Dhritarashtra to set her free and told everyone how even before she was dragged to the court Dushasana had torn off all her clothes How can you all let this happen All the so-called noble and powerful elders from this kingdom are present right here in all of this while my so-called family is simply watching my misery There was a stunned silence in the great halls of Hastinapur. Draupadi's emasculated husbands muttered and rumbled amongst themselves in anger, but not a single person lifted a finger to help her out, bound as they were by their dharma, the same dharma that had turned them all into slaves. I spit on your wretched thought if that is so. 
the heritage of righteousness of the Bharata clan has been destroyed today, roared Draupadi. Just then, a strong voice rose into the halls. It was the voice of Ikkarada, the third in the Kauravas line. Brother Duryodhana, he screamed, I oppose this distasteful command by you and Dushasana. I cannot let the respect and sanctity of our ancestors and the glory of our kingdom go in vain. By doing this, you are committing a heinous crime, the result of which will have to be faced not only by you, but by the entire Kuru dynasty for ages to come. The Kauravas looked on as Vikarna looked sternly at both Duryodhana and Yudhishthira and continued. Have you both forgotten? that according to the Shastras, no one has a right to put a woman at stake in a game of gambling? But with a stern voice, he was quickly quietened by Duryodhana, who was hell-bent on humiliating Draupadi and the Pandavas. He ordered Dushasana to begin disrobing Draupadi. Vikarna had tears in his eyes and had no choice but to walk away from the disaster that was taking place in the sanctum of these revered halls. Come, come, Draupadi, you have been won over by us, mocked Dushasana. Keep your shyness aside and meet the king of kings, Duryodhana. Get ready to serve us, you beautiful woman, as now we are the future of the Kuru clan and we are also your future. We have got you strictly in accordance with the rules of the game of gambling. And, quite righteously, you are now our possession. Taken back by the indecent expressions of Dushasana, Draupadi covered her sorrow-stricken face with both her hands and looking down towards Dhritarashtra, begged him to save her prestige, to help her escape from the clutches of their wicked son. But Dhritarashtra simply looked down. The enraged Dushasana started running behind Draupadi, making wild gesticulations, catching hold of her long, black and thick curly hair and stopping her midway. In a weak and low tone, Draupadi hissed at Dushasana. You pathetic man! It is not at all proper for you to drag me and force me like this, especially at a time when I'm passing through my menstrual period and when I'm only clad in a sari. But Dushasana continued to pull her by the lock of her hair, mocking at her. Bhima was burning with fury as he saw Draupadi holding the upper end of the sari firmly with one hand and the trunk portion with the other hand, crying. Madhava, Krishna, Narayana, Jishnu, Krishna, help me, Sakha, help me. Draupadi was a wreck, a desolate, with dishevelled hair and her single piece of sari threatening to slip from her body as Dushasana continued to pull it violently. Unable to conceal her shame, she grew wild with anger like the rage of a wounded tigress but still somehow managed to request Dushasana. Please, Dushasana, this fine court hall is adorned with experts, knowledgeable in all the Shastras. 
there are those who know all the facets of moral code and there are those who are kind and endowed with knowledge from beyond the realms kings who are equal to indra's greatness are also present here my gurus our gurus are assembled here please 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 dushasana have mercy on me and please let me go but despite dropati's entreaties and appeal dushasana continued his merciless mission on pulling her by her hair with a vehement voice she said you wicked one don't drag me any more and do not denude me my husbands will never forgive you for this inhuman conduct not even indra and his army can now save you from their wrath her prayers to krishna seemed to work because the more dushasana pulled her sari the more it seemed to stretch he could not find its end exasperated he gave up but duryodhana would not he patted his left thigh and ordered her to sit on his lap this enraged draupadi and she cursed duryodhana to die with a broken thigh the laws of dharma have failed to protect me said draupadi in a chilling tone as she looked straight at duryodhana and dushasana and i vow never to tie my hair until i have washed it with the blood of those who have abused me and humiliated me i draupadi swear this in the presence of my five husbands bhima who was watching this fierce and revolting scene looked at yudhishthira his sorrow knew no bounds and his rage was burning him his eyes were red and his lips were quivering and he was caught in a strange dichotomy of these happenings our enemies roared bhima have won in a gambling spree heaps of gems and jewels cavalcade of horses and elephants armory of weapons befitting any war looking at yudhishthira he continued they have the kingdoms we won and above all they have you and they have all of us but none of these stakes that you have lost provoked me for you yudhishthira are our supreme commander but in spite of losing your own self you put a stake on draupadi you had no right to do this and i cannot forgive you for the singular deed at this moment she stands subjected to severe torture at the hands of the sinful kauravas and for this solitary reason flames of my anger towards you have been fanned i will never be able to forgive you not being able to contain his anger any longer he stood up and lashed out at the kauravas vowing to avenge the insult that draupadi was subjected to I shall kill both Dushasana and Duryodhana for this horrific crime that you have committed against Draupadi. I shall tear open your chest and drink your blood and will personally avenge my wife's vow. He roared as he looked at Dushasana. Bhima was lovingly looking at Draupadi's face, soaked with Dushasana's blood now. He felt the strange, almost peaceful feeling in his heart. 
the feeling of being the man who finally stood by for his beloved wife.